Welcome to this episode of the Tack Rag Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Nelson, and I'm excited that in this episode, I get to introduce you to Mr. Mitch DeRosa. Mitch is a TSM man out of our SSI Brooklyn, New York store, uh, been in this industry for decades, uh, went to work in his father's company-owned paint store business uh, straight out of college, uh, worked out of a, before cell phones were even a thing, uh, worked out of a phone book to go find new customers. Mitch shares with all of us those sales processes, those things that he did in order to grow uh, his family's business uh, to the point that he's he gained business, gained customers that are still doing generations later are doing still doing business with him and with us. Uh, Mitch talks about going through the transition of family-owned business to the sale to single source and then the transition to through the acquisition of NCS. Um, great, great content, great information, and I hope you learn just one nugget of, of uh, sales uh, process in this conversation. Enjoy. How you doing, Mitchell? I'm doing great. How are you? All right, let me get this out of the way. Do they call you Mitchell or Mitch? Mitch. Mitch. Yep. Well, I know this is a, a podcast and folks can't see you, but man, you're a good looking fella. Ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mitch, tell me about your history. Be before, before you were selling paint, when you first started into your professional career, what did you do? What were you doing when you first started working? Uh, well, actually, I, I've been in the business my whole life. I grew up, it was in a family business. Oh, nice. And yeah, so right out of college, I went to to go work in the store. And then at some point, uh, my father had a partner. And they basically, the partner said he was going to leave and retire. And there was an opportunity for myself and my brother to, you know, become, you know, partnership in the business. And my father basically just said, you know, here's a phone book go back there was no cell phones back then and he said you know just go in all the different zip codes and start going on the road and and let's saying, go, grow, let's go grow this business let's yeah just grow the business all right i want to go back you said when you got out of school where did you go to college uh binghamton university binghamton university and were you an athlete uh no absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> were you were you a four year guy or did it take you a little longer? Uh, it took took me a little longer. Well, because I, you know, you're from New York, so you probably played a little bit in there, didn't you? Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of a bit. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. All right. So you got into a family business. Now you watched your father in business, right? Correct. Being an owner, what what were those feelings like every day when you got up to go to work to to try to grow a business that was going to now not feed one family, but your family, your brother's family? What what did that feel like? Well, it was it was challenging, but I knew that as long as I was persistent and I kept going to there were some of the customers that I have back from back then are still customers today through the single source acquisition, through the, through the NCS acquisition, some of these people are still dealing with us. So it was just a question of, you know, me, I didn't know anything about the business when I started. 
So I would have to go out to the customers and I would come back with, again, there was no cell phones. I would go with like little drawings of mo clamps that the people wanted and things like this. So it was, it was very challenging in the beginning, but I knew that if I just kept at it, I would learn. I went to like every training class that I could go to, to try to learn about the industry. And it was, like I said, it was a challenge, but I said over the years, you know, I was able to, to learn whatever I can. My experience working in the store at first helped me a lot because I learned products and, you know, read a lot of magazines. Know, the data, like sheet, the- data sheet, data sheet, yeah, manuals, everything else, right? Correct. Yes. That's fantastic. So think back as what, what do you believe was your niche? How did you grow your relationship with these customers that have now been customers for decades? What, what do you think was that key component that turned that, that, uh, that shop from being just a customer into a, a long-term relationship? Right. Well, I made them, I almost made it like I was like indispensable to them. So, so I tried to make sure that I kept my, uh, my word to them, gain their trust. I tried to, if I had an appointment, I would keep it with them. Every time my phone rang, I would answer it day and night. And they just became, it became that they, I made them need me. That's perfect. It's beautiful. So let me ask you this question, Mitch. I know it, it worked for me. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's part of what you did. But did you have a very consistent call schedule when you were, when you were starting out? Yes, 100%. People knew Tuesday, 3.30. They would call me at some points and say, hey, it's 3.30. Are you okay? Why aren't you here yet? They just knew that that was the day, that was the time. And, you know, they panicked if I wasn't there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, they, and in that in that sales process, how, how often did you work with manufacturers reps? Manufa- constantly. I still, to this day, I prefer to go out with the, with the manufacturer's rep. They're the experts on their new products. They're the experts on the old products. And I go make the introduction. They do their talking. And I learn. I listen to everything that they're saying. And that's how I, after like the first day of going with them or the second day of riding along with them and listening to the same, you know, speech. Spiel. Yeah, the right. same spiel. Right. That, you know, I could recite it myself. After that, I know the product. I know how to present it. I know how to sell it. And it's just a great tool to have, to have them right along with you. Butts in the seats, baby. That's what we preach all the time. We need with the manufacturers. I preach it to them all the time. I, I really don't care about your product. I want your people's butt in the seat with our salespeople, right? Because that's where you right, are. That's where yeah. people are. That's fantastic. Now, through that acquisition to single source, um, right. were you guys just a PPG distributor back then? Yes, we were. So you were a platinum we were, distributor back then even? Right. Platinum distributor before. Uh, at some point, we had Exalta. Well, I'm going to still DuPont. Uh-huh. So, but we were platinum for, I'd say, about five years at that point. 
And did you, how did you go about doing that conversion? Did you have a lot of a DuPont slash Exalta business that you had to convert to PPG? We, we did. And it was more at that point already. It was, you know, we went and had a conversation with the customers and we basically said, this is what we're doing. It's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit, you know, my business. And they just wanted to buy from me. So they really didn't, you know, I think we've lost maybe two accounts and they weren't very big ones. Every, everything else, you know, just fell into place. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah. fantastic. Now, at what point in the single source era, um, right. how long were you with single source before they introduced logic? Uh, I'd say five years. Five years. And, and were you an early adopter or were you uh, old school and pushed away from that technology? No, I, I, I try to use it as often as I can. I mean, it's a great tool. You know, it's actually easier for me to write the orders through through logic or look back in a customer history, especially being on the road all the time. It's just, you know, I can access it on my phone. It's just very convenient. Well, Mitchell, you you now have a six million dollar book of business. Right. And, yeah. and you're one of the top sales producers in our organization and you don't have a lot of customer turnover. In a world in a world where consolidation is rampant, um, how often have have you had those conversations? Have have customers come to you to say, "Hey, I think I'm going to sell my business." How how have those conversations went? Um, it, I think it, I would say probably about three or four times that that larger customers have come to me and said, "This is what I think I'm going to you know do." But nothing has panned out as of yet. And I think that, you know, I, I try to support them. They ask me, who can I, you know, who can I talk to? Who can I, you know, so I give them the information of people that we deal with, obviously, right? Companies that we deal with. And, but uh, nothing has come of it as of yet. Now, are there other side, is there another side of the conversation where you, where you talk to them or, Say, hey, have you have you considered this? Have you considered that about not selling their business? Yes. Well, I I asked them like, what you know, why is the reason? They say, oh, you know, they're not as profitable as they want. They're not as you know efficient as they want, and they're just frustrated. And most of the time, it's just because they're frustrated with their own businesses. So that's where I take that as an opportunity. And I tell them to let me help them. Let me be the one to help them, which, again, it it gains their trust. It makes yeah, me you're indispensable. Solid, to, you're solidifying and, that relationship. Correct. That That's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right. Well, you well, before we got on this call, we were texting and, and you said, hey, I've got to I've got to finish entering two orders into logic from this morning. Right. Right. So. What portion of your business are you pushing through Logic today? Uh, I I probably say I'm probably like in the fifty to sixty percent range. Um, sometimes it's very difficult because I work out of multiple stores. So, so as the trucks, I know the trucks leave to have the cutoff time for a certain time, and a lot of the a lot of my customers they don't even 
they won't even call the store. It's either an order that I take myself or they'll text me or they'll call me, you know, in the morning. So as as it gets closer to the cutoff time, a lot of the times I have to call my orders into the store just so I can get everything in for the day. Sure. That we're because we're trying to do the one delivery a day. So so when it gets to the crunch time, that's when I I start calling in the orders. But other than that, I try to push through as you know much as I can. That's fantastic. Well, you know, if even if it's fifty percent, three million, three million dollars a year is a number. That's a number. Right. Right? That's right. All right. So Mitchell, in this business, you've been around for a long time, right? You've been right. in it a long time. In today's world, what do you feel is is the most frustrate? What builds the most frustration in you? that you're that you're dealing with every day right now and i know i bet i can guess it but you go ahead uh i would say supply chain issues i would say it seems like there's not enough time to get to everything that needs to get done the customers have seemed to got since covid they've gotten even more demanding of more reliant i would say because they don't have they don't have enough employees they don't have the right employees and just the demand that they've been putting on us to try to service them and and like i said things that i used to always you know say that i you know i do for them so it's just like a time time constraints a little bit because there's so much that they rely on us for now sure in the past you know and you know i feel that i've had my success and i've built my relationships based on doing certain things for customers, whether it's helping their inventory uh, reports, you know, doing reporting for them. Sometimes, you know, the, you know, the, the hotshot deliveries and all these, these other, you know, the things that everyone does on a daily basis, but it's just because of their, I, I don't know if I would say like the shops, uh, like reliance on us, so much that it's like a double-edged sword because you want to do it because that's what I know made me successful. But sometimes like, you know, where do you draw the line? Absolutely. Well, you know, Absolutely. There's also, I, there's only so many hours in a day, right? Correct. So I just try to do as much as I can and, you know, then whatever I can't get to, I always make sure I communicate back to the customer. What, what I'm going to do, you know, whether it's tomorrow or I'm going to do it when I get home at night, you know, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm doing things, looking up products for customers or emailing them, you know, or just at, you know, at night, sometimes eight o'clock at night, whatever needs to be done to get them the information to make sure that at least they see, hey, I'm still doing what I need to do for them. That's right. Now you you touched on something there, and and that is communication is is critically important, right? I mean, even even if it's telling a customer no, you gotta you gotta man up and tell them, I'm sorry, I can't do that, right? Right. So especially with all the supply chain issues, that with you know toners being back ordered, you know clear coats, you know let me suggest to you an alternate product. Let me suggest to you what we could do. Let's handle it this way. Let me, 
you know, so at least they know, or if they know that something's on back order, they, they know that, okay, it's in the works. It's not that the store forgot to send it. I'll, I'll tell them, okay, these three items are back ordered. I'm working on getting them for you. We're pulling it from another location, you know, just texting back and forth with them so that they know that I'm on top of it for them. That's fantastic. Well, Mitchell, I know you've got a busy day in front of you. I appreciate you taking a few minutes to be with us. We really, really appreciate all that you do for our company. And I hope that folks that are listening to this gain one nugget of of, uh, of knowledge that they can put into their daily practices of uh, selling to our customers. But, man, I appreciate you a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it.